Welcome to the Indie Book Review, the show that takes you inside the indie and small press literary world. I'm Brandon Printup, and today we're talking about Inconvenient Daughter by Lauren J. Sharkey. This is a coming-of-age story told by a young adopted Korean woman. Lauren J. Sharkey, the author of this incredibly well-written novel, is a writer, teacher, and transracial adoptee. After her birth in South Korea, she was adopted by Irish Catholic parents and raised in Long Island. Sharkey's creative nonfiction has appeared in the Asian American Feminist Collective's Digital Storytelling Project, First Times, as well as several anthologies. At the age of three months, Lauren was adopted by an Irish Catholic couple. Inconvenient Daughter is her debut novel, and it is loosely based on her experience as a Korean adoptee. Let me start off the show today by saying, wow, like wow fam. This novel takes you all over the spectrum of life as a main character, Rowan Kelly, learns about the breaks the facts of life, the cruelty of humanity, and the kindness of strangers as well. I mean, from the opening paragraph until the end of the novel, I was on the edge of my seat wondering what is going to befall this woman next. I'm going to read the blurb for you and then jump into some commentary. Rowan Kelly, this is the main character of the story, knows she's lucky. After all, if she hadn't been adopted, she could have spent her days in a rice paddy or a windowless warehouse assembling iPhones. They make iPhones in Korea, right? Either way, slowly dying of boredom on Long Island is surely better than the alternative. But as she matures, she realizes that she'll never know if she has her mother's eyes, or if she'd be in America at all had her adoptive parents been able to conceive. Rowan sets out to prove that she can be someone's first choice. After running away from home and her parents' rules, and ending up beaten, barefoot, and topless, on a Pennsylvania street, courtesy of bad boy number one, Rowan attaches herself to never going to commit. When that doesn't work out, she fully abandons self-respect and begins browsing Craigslist personals. But as Rowan dives deeper into the world of casual encounters with strangers, she discovers what she's really looking for. With a fresh voice and a quick wit, Lauren J. Sharkey dispels the myths surrounding transracial adoption, the ties that bind, and what it means to belong. Fam, off the blurb alone, you should be able to tell this novel is a wild roller coaster of life with trigger warnings flashing left and right. Y'all, that has got to be the new catchphrase for the show. Let me say that one more time to you. This novel is a wild roller coaster of life with trigger warnings flashing left and right. For sure, this novel has trigger warnings for domestic abuse and sexual assault. While reading these scenes that they are warning about, I was absolutely hurt for Rowan and the awful things she has to suffer through. I can say without a doubt that Lauren, the author, does an amazing job with writing the scenes so that the emotion and feeling of the characters are raw and real. But she uses her words purposefully to set the scene and she definitely links all of the events together to really fill out all aspects of Rowan Kelly and her relationships in the story, especially her thought process. That was the biggest hit factor for me. I've not experienced hardly any of what Rowan Kelly experiences as a transracial Korean adoptee trying to swim her way through wondering why her bio mom, the nickname she's given her birth mother, decided to put her up for adoption. And the struggle she has with her adoptive family that comes about from constant bullying from her peers at school during her formative years. And what Rowan perceives as neglect and lack of motherly love from her adoptive mother. Then you have to add on dating relationships, rebellion, curiosity, and all the other aspects of maturing into a teenager and then an adult, all from the perspective of a young woman in America. Like, it is so much to deal with, fam. 
The number one thought that kept going through my head while I read this book was, wow, I might have a daughter one day. I legit might conceive a child that is a girl and I will be responsible for her safety and well-being while she matures through her formative and adolescent years into an adult woman. And there is no instruction manual. But Lauren's story does an incredible job at laying out the thoughts of a growing young woman from a unique perspective that I've never personally had the chance to read in literature before. And it has made me all the more aware to the lives of people in general. And that is what puts this novel at the top of the ranks for me. The majority of the novel centers in Long Island because that's where Rowan grows up and attends school. Her parents enroll her into private Catholic schools where Rowan points out that she is the only student in the school that is not white. And it becomes a source of conflict for her during elementary because of the hurtful jokes and her ethnicity that she doesn't even really understand at first because no one in her life has explained to her that she wasn't birthed by her mother. Lauren J. Sharkey is thorough in having Rowan get upset because her hair isn't curly like her mother's, no matter what they do to try and make her straight hair curl. And Rowan is adamant about detailing the difference in their features and how she wants to be beautiful like her mother. And then she finds out that she's adopted when the children at school say that they overheard their parents saying there would be a new student in class that was adopted. What a not cool way to be introduced to all that, right? One of the most illuminating moments for me that is depicted in Rowan's friendship with another girl who is the Korean adoptee is their discussion about their Korean heritage. Rowan needs help in math because she isn't good at math at all and her mother pays another girl from school to tutor her who happens to be an adoptee in Korean as well. And the tutor is talking to Rowan about speaking Korean and Korean heritage and all that good stuff and Rowan is like, yo homie, I'm not Korean. Get off me with all that. I'm Rowan and I'm white homie. My parents are white. I'm being raised Catholic in Long Island around all white people. I don't know about being from Korea or the Korean woman who birthed me, and I don't care about it either. Straight like that. As a reader being invited into Rowan's thoughts and situations, all I can say is where's the lie? All she knows is the life she knows. And on top of that, the birth family's heritage is something that she associates with negative feelings because she has no idea why her birth mother decided to put her up for adoption. Rowan spends copious amounts of time thinking about it, though, and it is often a source of pain and frustration for a lot of the negativity she plays on repeat in her thoughts. The theme of parental love and guidance is heavy in this one. And while I do feel for Rowan and her situation and all that she goes through, I also find myself heavily questioning her course of action in certain situations. But I guess that's the nature of being a teenager. Her main aim was to break out of Long Island for university to get away from her mother's rules and the boringness as Rowan says in the story, definitely not my opinion because I got homies from Long Island and they say it's lit and want me to come out to chill and I'm trying to see what it's talking about. But when I was growing up, I definitely wanted to get out of my hometown. I mean, I love it, but I was ready to get away from all the ghosts that have accrued over the years. I mean, my mother is my homie now, but when I was an egghead teenager who knew the world and wanted to make some noise in it, she couldn't tell me nothing. So Rowan, I feel you about escaping your environment and making your own life, but yo... She gets herself into some bad situations and relationships growing up that me and my homies knew better than to get into because our mamas was no joke found. Like my mama is still Mike Tyson in his prime and she will piece you up for sure. She'll fold you up like origami till this day. And I know your people at home ready to go round for round with you even if you grown and pay all your bills because it's really like that. So as I read about the guy she dated, her attitude towards school and her adoptive parents, when she got into arguments and stuff like that, and then the actions she would take that worsened the entire situation, all I could wonder was, 
when is it past the parent's ability to do anything? Or when is it past their responsibility to do anything? Like, when is it out of their hands and on the teenager or the young adult? Rowan's adoptive mother was super controlling. And I feel like that's probably not the best thing to do as a parent. But if you got kids, please let me know because I have no idea. I mean, the most I've owned is a dog and a goldfish. So I'm not about to stun on nobody just because I got a microphone. But fam, please believe me. Rowan was going in on the mistakes. And there's a definitive moment when things switch up in the novel. I say... The point is when she's about to leave for college or shortly after she makes it to college. No spoilers, though. But when you pick up the book and get to the point where you think things are off the parents and on Rowan, please let me know because I'm interested to hear what you think. As far as the writing in the novel goes, the pacing and exposition are done with class, like absolute class. There's an event occurring in the present and Rowan's childhood and the events leading up are told as flashbacks. Characterization is done well and in the appropriate moments. And it builds the interest with the story. So no info dumps, which is something you can appreciate in any work of literature. And the novel isn't too long either. I read it fairly quickly because I was super into the story and I couldn't put it down. But my method for buying a book is what I call a night out on the town method. I weigh the cost of the book with the cost of dinner and a movie or dinner and catching a train. And if the book keeps me fully involved in the story for the weekend and it costs less than it would to catch a train and go out on the town, then the author has done their job for me. And Lauren J. Sharkey definitely slam dunked on this one. I had a good little Friday night in the house reading about Rowan and her story. For real, for real. Lauren points out that Rowan's story isn't the adoptive narrative where a child is adopted and they end up reconnecting with their birth family and living happily ever after. And there's nothing wrong with that story at all. But I do think it's imperative to show that there are other sides to the adoptive story like Rowan's. Things don't always work out in a positive way like that. Children don't grow up and get their dream jobs and their dream spouses without ever having to experience hardship, at least most of them anyway. And the stories of adopted children aren't always heard and given a platform to be shared and experienced. That's absolutely necessary. And Lauren's novel was a Babe Ruth home run grand slam to get the message out there. Absolutely solid. I'm thankful for independent publishing and authors like Lauren for that reason. Real stories from real people. That may not be right for the big five publishers and big business, but it's perfect for the good people out there in the world like you and me. So if you're listening, Lauren, your book was dope. Thank you for blessing us with Rowan's story. And I promise, 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 I'll keep all the advice about what to say and what not to say to someone who was adopted the next time I meet someone who was adopted. When you check this book out, let me know so we can talk shop on it. I'll link Lauren J. Sharkey's website in the description. You can check out her other publications and interviews and all that good stuff, too. All right, fam. Make sure you follow me on social media at Brandon Printup. My links are in the description. And check out the written review of Inconvenient Daughter on my website at brandonprintup.com, where I provide more commentary on the literature, authors, and small presses that I introduce here. I also provide content about my own journey as a writer and editor living in Tokyo, Japan. If you or someone you know has a published independent or small press book, Contact me at my email or on social media about a chance to have your work featured on the show. As always, show some love for any book review and the hardworking indie writers out there by leaving a review. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Thanks for listening to Indie Book Review with me, Brandon Printup. Support your local artists, and I'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs>